0: You are Locked On Twins, your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Wednesday, October sixth, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thank you so much for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Spotify Green Room app and find one of our locked on rooms. MLB shows, NFL shows, if you want to hear about the Vikings, all of that. Spotify Green Room has you covered. Again, this is Nash Walker, writer at Twins Daily, lifelong Twins fan, bringing you five days a week coverage on the Minnesota Twins as we trek through October. And uh, last night's game, Yankees-Red Sox was fun. Wild card game, Red Sox win. Glad to see the Yankees eliminated. That was a nutty stat from Gleeman that the Yankees uh, basically own the Twins and nobody else in the playoffs in the last 20 years. But in my opinion... If the Twins control the destiny of the evil empire in October, isn't that ownership? That would be the Twins owning the Yankees because without the Twins, the Yankees can't win in the playoffs in the last 20 years at least. So I'd call that ownership on the Twins' end. Uh, Makes you feel a little bit better about the Twins' postseason futility. But it will continue tonight. Cardinals-Dodgers in the National League wildcard game. Cardinals on fire. Dodgers are the Dodgers. But without Max Muncie. That will be really fun tonight as well. And then we're going to continue on. Astros, White Sox tomorrow. I think Braves, Brewers Friday. Uh, Tampa and Boston tomorrow. All of it coming at you. This is the best. I think this is the best week of the postseason because you get started with the wildcard games. Then you have the division series. And I love the championship series and the World Series, but you have a lot of action. Like you have a, a day where there's four games. And tomorrow, two years ago, the twins lost in game three at target field. I was there and the atmosphere was incredible at target field. Twins came back from Yankee stadium down to nothing, hoping that they can make a run to push a game five and hopefully advance. But they lost in game three. That was a really tough loss for the twins. And, um, you know, but it was fun to be there. I was glad to be there and, we went into that offseason very hopeful that they would improve the starting rotation and that they would come back stronger in 2020. I think they did improve the starting rotation. They signed Josh Donaldson, and there was never more hype around the Twins you know, since the Maurer and Morneau days than when they came back in 2020 before the pandemic shortened the season. And now we're going into this offseason, just two offseasons later, and there were high expectations going into 2021 wondering what the expectations will be for 2022 and it will be shaped by how they just did which is win 73 games and finish dead last in the American League Central but also by what they do this offseason so I'm here to cover that we got report cards coming up to talk about the 2021 performances very important as we look toward the 2022 who can help who's hurting uh, and where the twins can improve on the roster before you need to find out or before you can find out where they need to improve you need to know where they're lacking. You need to know where they're strong. And, you know, if you can go from, the, let's say, the 26th best first base group uh, offensively and defensively combined to, like, the 15th best, that really helps you in that next season. So we'll figure out where the Twins need to improve. We've done that a little bit, but we'll go uh, player by player, position by position, and, and break all of those things down. Today on the show, a couple things happened. It's been a little bit of um A news dump maybe for the Twins. They've rearranged their coaching staff a little bit. And they also uh, tried to sneak Edouard Colina through waivers, which is really interesting. We'll talk about those two things. And then we'll continue our season in review. Yesterday, uh, really interesting and fun, I thought, to talk about the first 20 or so games of the 2021 season and how things just went so wrong. We're going to continue on with After the Terrors. That is the title of this episode, After the Terrors. What happened after? that start after the twins started at seven and 15 did they bounce back well we know the answer but let's look deeper into it let's find out what happened in that next kind of portion of the season some stars uh, some injuries and and what went wrong again for the twins and what went right they had a good stretch in that uh, in that next chapter as well but let's talk about Edward Colina because Colina is a guy I've mentioned on the podcast a little bit definitely last offseason I'm sure I did because of the arm, because of the talent. I mean, he throws 100 with the fastball. Reports on the slider are great. And anytime you have a 100-mile-an-hour fastball and good reports on a slider, you think uh, impact reliever. You know, right-handed, big impact reliever. Dark Gratterall, before the Twins traded him for Kenta Maeda, Edward Colina was compared to Gratterall, like baby Gratterall, basically. Uh, Gratterall has since – I mean, he'll probably pitch tonight in the wildcard game, if not in the playoffs, if they win – but has a two-seamer that runs at 101-102 100, miles an hour and has a devastating slider I think Colina that was that was overhyped to say that he's a baby Gratteral. I don't think Colina would bring back Kenta Maeda or anyone near Kenta Maeda in a trade But nonetheless, big-time stuff in a system that kind of lacks big-time stuff, especially from pure relievers. And the Twins moving to the bullpen. 2019, kind of a hybrid role, 97 and a third in the minors. 2.96 ERA, 25% strikeout rate, 8% walk rate. Something with Colina is his stuff is good. Like His stuff is obviously electric. But he didn't really generate the swings and misses or the strikeout rate that you'd like to see from someone with big time stuff. Probably too many walks compared to the strikeouts uh, and just didn't put up big strikeout numbers through the minors, even though he does have that stuff. So that's something to remember. It wasn't like, you know, I think there's a difference between a dude with a four ERA, but a a 35% strikeout rate. And a dude with a 2.96 ERA and a 25% strikeout rate in the minors because what that tells you is if he's only striking out 25% of hitters in the minors that he's facing, that doesn't give you a ton of confidence that he's going to miss a ton of bats at the big league level even if his stuff is very good. And we saw him come up, and it was very small. Like, I think he only pitched one game for the Twins in 2020 and got lit up a little bit. But uh, the biggest reason the Twins tried to sneak him through is because of the elbow injuries. Let's talk more about Kalina, about this decision, and what I think of it after the break. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find lockdown hosts across the NBA, MLB, and NHL. Go download the free Green Room app now currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join you all on the app. I'll be sure to let you know once Locked On Twins goes live. Download the Green Room app today. Green Room is changing the way we talk sports. Again, go download the free Green Room app now, available on all iOS devices. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code on to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games – don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online is where the game starts, and all eyes are on that gridiron. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Bet Online. Thank you again for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So, Edward Colina, coming into 2021, I thought would be a factor for sure in the bullpen. Like, he was probably not a factor to make the team out of spring training. Maybe early in, like, January we talked about him in that way. But a factor, like a call-up, someone you could get a look at if he was pitching well in uh, St. Paul. And I was excited to see because anytime you, you know that a guy has stuff like this, it's exciting to think about what he could bring to the bullpen. And an elbow injury slowed him down in spring training. He was basically shut down. And at that time, I didn't think he was going to be done for the year. It was more so like he needs to rehab and get back was the word from Rocco and others. Uh, but he ended up missing the entire season. Like he didn't pitch at all. He had a uh, procedure. Derek Falvey saying that he just had another procedure on his elbow. None of that is good. None of that is good for a guy who throws 100 with a, a sharp slider. Like that's not good news to uh, to have elbow issues. He's 24 years old. It's tough though. I mean, it's tough to look at this and think with the decisions that this front office has made, and that's what it boils down to. Like Twins fans, I can tell are frustrated on Twitter today. At least Twins Twitter is frustrated. The everyone who knows like and follows closely these moves. The Rangers picked up Colina on waivers, by the way. So he did not pass through, and the Twins lost him um, trying to trying to get him off the forty man. But. Because they've made decisions that look a lot like this, whether it's letting Zach Littell go, whether it's letting uh, Akil Badu go, Lamont Wade Jr. go, uh, training Luis Kiel like small, low level moves that have really come back to bite them in a huge way, there's going to be an automatic thought that it's a mistake. And they don't, I mean, I think they've lost some of that benefit of the doubt. Like, I'd say a year ago, there would be much more faith in a decision like this from this front office to let a guy like this go and to try to pass him through waivers and lose him through waivers there would be okay listen they know something that we don't uh you know they they have a better understanding and that's still true like they still have the medical records they know what's going on there with colina but you question it, and you say, do they really? Because they didn't really know Lamont Wade Jr.'s power potential. They didn't really know Akil Badu's upside. They didn't really know you know, Zach Littell was going to continue to be a force out of the bullpen in San Francisco. They didn't know that about their own players. So you're going to doubt it every time they make a decision like this. And I think that's right, and I think this season I've said when they make decisions, whether it's low-level, medium-level, or high-level decisions – Uh, signing a big free agent or something like this, letting a guy go via waivers. You got to question it a little bit more now because they, they've lost a little bit of that benefit of the doubt. I'm still going to give it to them in some ways because on, on paper, this is a hundred mile an hour fastball, you know, thrower in the bullpen who has major elbow issues clearly and, and hasn't pitched really at all in the bigs. And now will have not pitched since 2019 Uh, Pitched a little bit for the Twins in 2020, like I said, but other than that and other than the alternate site, where I'm sure he was called up from, hasn't pitched. So how can you have faith in a guy like that? I get it. It's It's just because they've made decisions like this that have come back to bite them, and you just hope that this one doesn't. I also think as a decision to do this, I mean, there's three factors in it. One, they've already made mistakes like this. Two, they don't have a lot of guys who throw 100 in the system, And three, um, you know, for for Edward Colina and for this front office, they have so many other guys they could have jettisoned off the 40 man roster. It feels like Ian Jabot, Derek Law, so many. There's like at least eight to 10 of them. Jake Cave, someone like that, that you would rather probably move off the 40 man roster than to see Edward Colina go and to see a guy with like upside, a prospect with, with at least a little bit of upside, even with the elbow issues watch him go when there's plenty of guys on this 40 man you know don't have upside or you know have proven that they don't they don't they don't have it enough to be at the big league level those are the three frustrations that's why it, it's a head scratching because they could have could have moved a lot of guys off the 40 man if they really wanted to I think they were trying to sneak them through trying to get a little cute here but we'll see I mean we'll see if this comeback comes back to get them I think Again, with moves like this, you're just going to look at it in a different way. The Twins have reassigned two uh, major league coaches, Edgar Varela, their hitting coach. I was excited when Varela got hired. Really good reviews on him in the minors for the Twins. Uh, Kevin Morgan filled in this year as Rocco's kind of right-hand man, along with Bill Evers, who's retiring. So Rocco now needs a bench coach. The Twins need a hitting coach, more of a technical hitting coach is the report. uh, And they need at least, I think, a third coach as well. In the dugout, uh, there's been some discussion that they'll they'll have maybe you know ten to fifteen or twenty coaches next year. Just have as many coaches as you can have, like the Giants approach. But obviously, bench coach and hitting coach, two big spots, and two spots that have been filled in recent years of guys who are just super highly thought after And James Rouseon and Derek Shelton. Shelton hired to be, you know, the Pirates manager and and James Rouseon going to Miami to be their uh bench coach, like getting promotions because they were seen as as such good coaches for the twins. So it's it the loss of those two continues to make its mark. It's impossible to kind of assess whether Edgar Varela or Kevin Morgan or whoever had that big of an impact on the twins this year or in 2020. It's hard to assess, but I think to shake things up is, is okay. I mean, there haven't been. I wouldn't say that this offense really reached its full potential, and I would say that it's about what you expected from this offense. So there's nothing wrong with a shakeup. These are veteran hitters. These are, are guys who know what they need to do, but it doesn't hurt to uh, move it around a little bit. Let's talk about season in review. After the terrors, after that 7-15 and 15 start, what happened for the Twins, and was there a little bit of hope at that point after the break? Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar has 12 original flavors, but they've added six new flavors as well, and these improved Built Bars are even deliciouser. Plus, Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, full of protein, full of fiber— and great for a keto diet. And the peanut butter bar, only five grams of net carbs for a type one diabetic like me. That is huge. Plus, right now, Bilt Bar has reset the promo code for this relaunch, so listen closely. You get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. If you go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you also get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. My favorite flavors include the coconut almond, the peanut butter, the banana bread. Use promo code LOCKED15 at BiltBar.com. So we talked yesterday, Twins start 7 and 15. They're already 7 games back in the Central. So at that point you're thinking, "Oh god." But actually, I remember I tweeted and I regret tweeting this because I was wrong. You know, I was definitely wrong. I said if you're out on the Twins now, then you're out when they end up, you know, winning games again. And that was my confidence in this team. That was my confidence in this is 22 games in a 162 game season. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong in these first 22 games, at least you know, the last 15 because they got off to a five and two start and then went two and 13 after that. Everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong. keep the faith. And the twins won four of their next five. and that was uh, you know, a really good development. And they had Texas coming up for three more, I think at that point. Detroit and then they had the White Sox six times. And there was hope because they could make up ground on the White Sox. They could beat up on Detroit. They could beat up on Texas and get right back into the race. And you look back and it's almost like that start never happened. Alex Kirloff, 7 for 20 with four homers, two doubles, and 10 RBIs during that span. Uh, And the Twins were rolling at that point. I remember he had two homers, I think, against Texas on that four out of five stretch. And you look and it's like they won four out of five, whatever. But at that point, it was a big deal. Like that was a big deal to win 4 out of 5 because it, it provided a little bit of hope moving forward, tentatively some hope moving forward. Uh, and Alex Kirloff, good representation of what was to come because he gets hurt right after that stretch, right when he's just crushing the ball, slides into second base, hurts his wrist, uh, you know, goes onto the injured list, and then the Twins lose 12 over their next 15. And uh, they lost Byron Buxton in that stretch too. Everything went wrong again, 12 out of 15, In those 15 games, they give up 25 homers, 5.82 ERA in 130 innings. Uh, You know their record at that point, 14 and 28 after the first half of a doubleheader with Los or with the Angels, and they were 11 and a half games back in the American League Central because they didn't play against the White they didn't play well against the White Sox at all. So they get on that nice little run, they win four out of five. You're thinking, okay, they got the Sox six times, they're going to make up some ground, and they just flopped. Not only just treaded water, like they flopped, and they went. Three and 12. And I think at that point, when they lost the first game of that doubleheader, Tyler Duffy got crushed. That was like the last time Tyler Duffy would get crushed all year, basically. He was great after that point. That was a turning point when you, like, that was a, a marker when they were 14 and 28 after the first half of that doubleheader and they were 11 and a half games back. At that point, you put the pin in it and you said, I don't think this is happening. I don't think I was there when they started 7 and 15 cuz how could you be? Like I don't know how you could have been with the expectations and with a 162 game season and the White Sox not getting off to a great start. Like they weren't they weren't rolling early. I think they were right around 500 and Tony Russo was catching heat. They were without Aloy Jimenez, they were without Luis Robert, or they had lost Luis Robert and both of them were looking like they'd be out for most of the year. So at that point like I wasn't I wasn't dreary. I was jury when they were 14 and 28, and they were looking at 11 and a half game deficit. I remember seeing some tweets like, are we ready to bury the Twins? And I think reality showed that, yes, it was time to bury the Twins. Then their next seven games come, and I remember this stretch vividly. They played the Royals and Baltimore, I think a combined 12 times or something like that. And we said, okay, they need to go. There was like eight and four, you know they need to go seven no no worse than eight and four in this like twelve game stretch I remember, and then the next seven they go six and one. The offense wakes up, pitching staffs great. Six and one record. They swept Baltimore at home. I think I was at all three of those games. Uh, really fun. Felt like they were coming back and they were they were getting back into a groove. And whether you felt like it was true or they had any chance uh they were they were playing way better baseball and they beat a terrible Orioles team at home but they were taking care of business and they weren't taking care of business early in the year Buxton remained out but there was hope like he came back June 19th this was like late May early June so he was coming back relatively soon Kepler Luis Arise, the pitching all performed well and maybe it was happening maybe this was the turnaround that they needed maybe that they were they were finally turning the page on the start and trying to dig themselves out of that hole And the hole is a big part of it. I talked yesterday at length about how bad everyone was and how bad the team was, like, extremely bad, that the hole got so deep that it was almost insurmountable. And even when they did play well, they were still – like, it still felt like they were so deep below water. Like, if you looked up, you still had such a long way to go to try to get to the top and get to the surface to breathe again. That was a big problem. If they would have just been like the Yankees or the Braves early on, and just like kind of stuck around 500, a couple games below 500, weren't playing well, but still were winning some games, they would have been in a much better position. Then when they went when they get on a run like this, where they go six and one, now you're vaulted above 500 all of a sudden, and you have some momentum. But they were already so buried that it was just really difficult to find that hope at this point. We'll continue on tomorrow with our season in review. What happened after this, after this great stretch? How did June start? How did June go for the Twins in 2021? I'm enjoying it. I think it's fun to look back and think of how I felt during these times being at the games, feeling some hope at points, feeling really just dire at points. I think it's fun. Follow me on Twitter at NashWalker9. Follow the show at Twins. If you have questions, concerns, you want to hear about prospects, whatever, Let me know. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day, go Twins. Enjoy the National League wildcard game.